food because you can't have enough of that. So I want to explain to you why. You see, if we can understand how sickness came, then we can understand how God took care of it. And in the same breath, we can solve a couple of problems. Because sometimes we can believe easily that God can do something, but we may not believe that God would do it for me personally now. We all believe that God can heal, but when it comes to God is healing me, can heal me, that's where the difficulty begins to arise. Because sometimes the devil attacks you with condemnation and guilt, convincing you that you don't qualify. And then bringing up your past failures in that area, you have forgotten that woman with the issue of blood was 12 years in it, but still went to Jesus for healing. He didn't say it's a long time, no. He still went. He might convince you you're not good enough. He might convince you that it's not God's will. So if we understand how sickness came, then we can understand how God took care of that. And then that will help you to really it for yourself. And then that will help you to overcome all this demonic attack on your mind that hinders the Christian from receiving what God paid to give him free. F-R-E-E, free. At no charge to you. Because of his love, because of his mercy. So let's look at the scripture and see how sickness came. You can agree that sickness and death are brothers, right? Sickness is junior date. It's baby date developing. You have cold. If you don't treat it, it becomes pneumonia. If you don't treat it, you go. From cold, pneumonia, pam. Sickness is process of death. Physical death. So when the, when the, when the scripture talks of death, talking about both spiritual death, which is separation from God, and then physical death. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, and it says, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the what? Atonement. The word atonement is important, that we have not, not going to receive it. We have now received the atonement. Verse 12, wherefore, as by one man sin, what? Entered into the world, and what came along with it? And death, can I say sickness came? Death, sickness came by sin. Sickness and death came by sin, by the sin of one man. And so death passed upon all men. For all have sinned now, because the sin of Adam passed upon all men. So death passed upon all men. Verse 13. For until law, until the law, until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. It was at the time of Moses that God brought the answer to sin in the form of blood. In the form of blood. He introduced to Israel that the blood can stop plague. So death was reigning 
until God revealed to Israel that if you put blood on your lentil, the plague of death can be stopped. Before then, nobody knew it. So sin brings death as a matter of law of creation. The scripture tells us the soul that sin nature what is a law and cannot be broken. There's no way to circumvent that. It's a law of creation. There are laws of creation, spiritual laws. You can't circumvent any of them. The soul that sin it shall So you can see why when sin entered, death naturally came as a consequence of that. So in Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is what? So the payment that sin pays, the, the, your, your paycheck from sin is death. But the gift of God, now GIF is gift, freely given. Gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. First Corinthians 15, in verse 56, says, the sting of death is sin. The sting of death, sting, death, scorpion, death, when, when it stings you, is what? Sin. When, he, when death wants to kill somebody, he stings him with sin. Because he knows that sin will automatically open the door for him to go do what he wants to do. So the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Remember, Paul said, if there's no law, there's no imputation of sin. The strength of sin is the law. So, in John 5, 8, you can see what Jesus said. This man we're going to read about, very mischievous human being. Very, very mischievous. Even in healing, he was still mischievous. So in John 5, 8, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. This is the man that Jesus healed. I have seen the cause of my being a pastor, many people that God delivered from instant death. It wasn't too long they backslid. It wasn't long they backslid. As I was coming to church, I was thinking about it. Even when we were at 170, it still happened. Incredible deliverance from death. That person was challenging me and Pastor Victor, telling us, <laughs> just left New Jersey because of the truth. I saw a woman that was sentenced to death. She's gone to all over the world to be healed, and they couldn't heal her. They brought her, and God healed her, just like that. My wife said, witness, can it good them know who I'm talking about? Heal this woman. And she came and told us how much she spent with native doctors, she was a very rich woman. And how much she spent that they flew her to Germany, flew her to all over the place, and they told her, you, can, you are just go home and die, and go here. Do you know, it wasn't six months, eight months she backslid. I can give instances upon instances. And as I was coming here, I was just thinking in my mind, I said, why should somebody experience such move of God in their personal life and forget God. So this man was healed. This man was healed. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and what? And walk. 
And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. On the Sabbath day. So the Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. Is it, it, it is the Sabbath day, my friend. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Look at this, they're more concerned about the law than the man that was healed. They say, not lawful for you to be healed. You can't go back and be sick. It's, you see what the law does? If you read scripture about the law, you run to grace in a hurry. You run to grace in a hurry. They say, you're not supposed to be. What do you mean walking around? Go back and be sick, my friend, this Sabbath. You can't, <laughs> this can happen to you on Sabbath. So the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that that committed this crime? What is that my which said to thee, take up thy bed and walk on the Sabbath with this man? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus finded him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made what? Who? Sin. You're a very mischievous human being. Sin no more, my friend. And he said, Let a worse thing come unto thee. That's what the scripture calls the law of sin and death. It's a law of creation. If the law will lead me one time, I will teach on that. He said, stop this thing you are doing. Because you know it opens the door to the devil. The scripture tells us, he said, anger opens the door to the devil. And when the devil comes, he comes to kill. Pastor Victor put it properly. He said, he comes to steal first of all. Then he what? He would do the, what is the next one he would do? Kill, and what is the next one? Yeah, I, I never heard it like that, and that's true. Absolutely true. Look at this very man, so you know how mischievous he is. Verse 15, the man departed and ran straight to the Jews. They know these people were looking for who made them to. They, he knew what they were going to do. He ran straight to them. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus. You know how mischievous this is. The man. I found the man. You people can now deal with him. Look at the result now. <laughs> and the man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus which had made him whole system. Therefore, did the Jews what? Persecute Jesus. He knew that. Why should you do that? You are healed. You are gone. Nobody's bothering you. You ran straight back to them. I said, I found this man. People can now deal with it. That would tell you how bad that man was. Therefore, if a solution to deal with sin is found, then sickness and death is resolved. If sin if there's a solution for sin, they will find solution for death and sickness. And the only answer for sin is death. So if we can find an atonement, something that atones for sin, something that takes the place and dies in payment for that sin, then that sin loses its what? 
power. That's what God did. That's exactly what God did. Because that law of creation must take place. The soul that's in it must die. So God provided an atonement for our sin. So that atonement atoned. You know what atonement means? You know what atonement means? What does it mean? You don't know and you say yes. Atonement means a reparation for a wrong done. If I do, Dave, come. My brother Dave, come. I'm a, you're my friend, that's why I call you. Come up here. I love this, my heart. <laughs> Heart of uh, to marry somebody from uh, <laughs> So if I did Dave wrong, let me say, I did Dave wrong. I did him wrong. Reparation is to pay him something equivalent to this wrong I did. So once I pay him something equivalent for this wrong I did, this wrong is taken away. He holds nothing against me anymore. Because I have given him either money. The court can say, pay him 10 million. Don't look at me. <laughs> pay him 10 million as reparation. Quit means you pay it in atonement. You pay it to atone for what you did to Dave. So once I pay that money in full, Dave received, the moment he received that money, do I owe him anything again? There is nothing I owe him. Not absolutely. If Dave comes to me and said, I want to punish you for what you did for me, I say, no, you have received. And the judge will tell him, you cannot do that. In the court of God, God will say, no. An atonement has been found for him. Dave, you can't touch him again. Won't do that. So that's exactly what I'm trying to show us that God did. Reparation is, is, is um, you know, uh, expiation. Expiation. Doctor, 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 do you know expiation? It's not a medical term. Expiation. Does anybody know what expiation? Did I pronounce it properly? Maybe I did in two years. It's to undo a consequence. I'm just trying to, for us to understand that. To, to, to me, you should understand it. It's to undo. Undo. I did something, turned his hand. It's paining him. To, un, to undo it is atonement. To undo what I did and make it right. So the pain goes away. That's I've atoned. I've, I've undone it. I've removed from him what I did. And therefore, I do not owe him any more punishment or payment for what I did. I have made it right. He is now okay to go marry his beautiful wife. You can now go pay dowry to your, your in-laws are looking for you. Do you get what I'm trying to explain? It's important. Don't be using words. You have to understand what it means. So in, in Job said something. Job said if an atonement can be found for human beings that pays for their sin, then healing is their own. He said it thousands of years before Jesus came. You know the Facebook of the Bible? You know the Facebook? Which one? Do you know when they wrote Job? Go and research it. Go and research when they wrote Job. So Job chapter 324. 
he will be gracious and say, rescue him from the what? Remember, I used the word gracious, which is grace. It will be an act of grace. Rescue him from the grave. For I have found a what? A ransom for his life. The moment a ransom is found, death cannot put him there. That's what you'll be saying. Then his body will become as healthy as a child, firm and youthful again. Why? An atonement has been found. Date. Payment has been made for his sin. He can't die again. You can, it's not, they call it in America double jeopardy. Job said, no, you can't do that. Once an atonement is found, this man you want to put in the grave is going to be pulled out of there. His body is going to be as that of the youth, restored in health. Are you following me? If you are following me, say amen. amen. Then his body will become as healthy as a child's farm and youthful again. When he prays to God, he will be accepted. Is it not what the Bible says that in Christ we are counted righteous, we are accepted? He will be accepted. And God will receive him with joy and restore him to good standing. Righteousness. He would declare to his friends, I sinned though and twisted through, but it was, it was not worth it. All this that I did is not worth it. God rescued me from the grave. Now my life is filled with light. Who is the light of the world? I've received Christ in my life. So Jesus atoned for our sins. He paid for it. So when he paid for it, you don't owe death anything. You don't sin anything anymore. You don't. The wages of sin is death. You don't owe nothing. Because Jesus already paid it for you. So in Hebrew 2, 14, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying, only by dying, only by dying, could he break the power of the devil. The soul that's in it must die. By dying, the devil has no more ground to execute death. Only by dying, only by dying, could he break the power of the devil. Who had the power of death? Verse 15. Only in this way, could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of death? No more fear of death. Can I hear amen? Because Jesus died in my place. The judgment of death cannot be on me. Sickness cannot come. It's another spiritual law. It's called the law of life in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2 to 13. You were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave what? Ah, you're not reading. For he forgave what? Read 14 for me. Let me make sure you're reading with me. 14. He canceled the record. 
he canceled what? The record of the charges against me and took it what? Away by nailing it where? So when Christ died, he died in my place. All, all the sin I committed, the consequence of it, he took it for me. Then verse 15, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. In this way. Exactly what Hebrews said. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. When he hung on the cross, it was a public display that my sin, my, my payment has been fulfilled right there. And the devil has been defeated in my life. He cannot execute it on my life no more. It's a legal thing. It's a highly legal spiritual situation. Peter said, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold and silver. It was the precious blood of Christ. The sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he was now revealed, he has now revealed him to you in these last days. The New Testament church, please listen to me. The New Testament is a covenant of life. I want you to listen to me. It's not just I'll be Christian, I'll be born again. You must understand the details of what it means. The New Testament is a covenant of life. The law brought death. The New Testament is a reversal of what the law cost us. It's a covenant of life. So when Jesus came, he announced, he said, I've come that you might have what? I have it how? What brought death? Is it not the, the, the sin of Adam? When Christ came, he said, I came to reverse that. I brought you life, and I brought you life more abundant. The new covenant is a covenant of life. Church, let me tell you the truth of the matter. If a church is not preaching healing, it's not preaching the totality of the gospel. It's not preaching the totality of the gospel. Because every time Jesus will send out his disciples to go preach, he must instruct them to do what? Heal the sick. Because I brought life. Heal the sick. Clean these lepers. I came to reverse this thing that Adam did. Healing must be an integral part of the New Testament gospel message. Must be in your life center, in your Sunday school. It must be in your family. You must teach it. You must take time and teach it. Teach the fullness of the gospel. Because it's what you teach that begins to happen. What you teach is what begins to happen. Because as you are teaching it, people are understanding their faith is what? Come on. Without praying, you see people getting healed. You know, I started teaching, the Lord told me to start teaching on healing. He said, if, if, they can if they can hear it, if they walk and get it, he said, they get healed in their bedroom. Because it's effortless. He said, I paid for it. So when you finish teaching, teach on healing. My wife came to me and said, honey, honey, why don't you bring all those you are teaching in healing and package it like that? I said, they didn't tell me to do it. I was instructed, teach your Bible studies, teach on healing. Leave it like that. He who has yet to hear, 
If it's important to them, they will listen to it. See, if they're not going to listen to it, it, even if you package it, they won't listen. It's not important to them. It's important that we teach on healing. And a Christian knows that healing is an integral part of your salvation. It's an integral part. Life is for, it's your right. Just like death was right when we sinned, now life is right because of Christ. It's our right in Christ. It's your integ- Jesus called it the children's bread. John 10, 10 says, I have come that you might have life and have what? 2 Corinthians 3, 6. He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. Listen, church. Please listen to me. Has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not written, not of written laws. If you are dwelling under the Moses, you are not in the New Testament. The Bible said that it brings it's, it's a ministry of death and condemnation. And that's what it is. This is a covenant not of written laws. That's why you don't serve Christ by law. It's a covenant of grace where the power of God takes over your life and does in your life what the law could not do. It's a covenant of life. The life of God walking in you. You, you, the, The life of God flows from the spirit like a vine flows from the spirit through you. It says, this is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit, of the spirit. It's not of the law. It's what the spirit is doing. It's of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. Read it. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the spirit gives what? Life. See the difference? You can't cling to the one that ends in death. Think you can survive that. In that direction, no. Only the Spirit gives life. The Spirit of Christ. Verse 8. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? See, the new covenant is a covenant of life. Have life. Have it more. When you read this, and don't read it and just read it and let it make meaning and live by it. Tell God to teach you what does it mean I have life. I need to understand this thing. Because if I understand it practically, I can experience it. He said this is, a, this is a covenant of life. Where life is being given by the Spirit of God. Covenant of life. And not just small, in abundance. Flowing like rivers. Gushing out of you. Gushing. That's what Jesus said. He said out of your belly will gush out like river. This life is not trickle. It's gushing out. I, I worship God. I said, in every tissue of my body, every vein of, every tissue of my body, this, the life of Christ is there. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's, it's in my leg. In my, it's there. It's gushing. Somebody touched the cloth. God healed. Me, they are carrying him inside. Somebody praise the Lord here. Somebody touched the cloth. God, I am carrying him where? Shouldn't I be held here? Shouldn't I? It's because I don't know what I have and I don't appropriate it with fierce faith. Faith has to be fierce because the enemy is wicked. He's, He's totally wicked. He wants to kill you. 
You need to come with fierce, fierce, resistant, powerful faith and fight back and knock the thing out. Your conviction must be seen in what you say. Must be seen in the way you act. I believe in the Lord Jesus. My friend, your life has to demonstrate it. Everybody sees you, we know you believe in Jesus. Somebody asked one American. He said, you mean you don't know? He said, the man told him, he said, isn't every American a Christian? He said, no. He said, you mean, I thought every American is a Christian. He said, no. He said, he said I'm born again. He said, what is that? This is the man that said every American is a Christian. He said, the friend said, I'm born again. He said, what is that? He said, yeah, if you're born again, you're not a Christian. He said, you mean you have not seen a, have you not seen a Christian? He said, I've never seen one because they have not blown their cover in my presence. I hope you know what it means. I won't explain that. Many of you came to America before me. Say here, they have not blown their equipment. If they are Christians, I don't do it. They have not blown their cover. Which means they are Christians, I don't know it. I I don't see any evidence. First Corinthians 15, 22. Just as everyone dies because of because we all belong to Adam. Everyone who belongs to Christ has been given new life. This new life we're talking about is not just spiritual life. It's also that spiritual life that energizes your flesh. Is it not the scripture that says that if your spirit goes, your, your body what? Dies. So this, the body without the spirit is what? So what gives your body life? If your spirit lives, your body dies. If your spirit gives your body life and the spirit of Christ joins to your spirit, how much life will your body have? Okay. See Old Testament example is um, Exodus 12, 12. Exodus 12, 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. What judgment? For their sin. God said, I've come, I'm the, he said, because I'm the Lord, I'm the judge of all flesh. I've come to execute judgment here, now. And this is going to be the judgment. He said, I will execute, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be... No, no, no. Let me read it again. So, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, all the demonic spirits. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you, to you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I come to execute judgment, and I see what? The blood. It means you are free from this judgment. An atonement has been found. God said, this is a spiritual law. Once I see it, remember that this is God. He said, if I see it, I can't even execute it on you. If I'm not going to do it, the devil can do it. I tell the devil, I say, I die, you cross the bloodline. You need to hear, cross it, listen. You can't. You can't execute judgment on me because the blood speaks for me. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. You cannot. God says the plague of death will not touch me. 
need to hear it. Or you don't read Bible, devil, I buy you one. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will what? Pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of it, it's not going to happen. So Isaiah 53 who had given credence to quit, to that which you had, who has believed this, this testimony, so that the arm of the Jehovah, on whom had it been revealed, yea, he cometh up as a tender plant before, I'm reading, um, I'm reading new, new literature, young, young literature translation, young literature translation. The arm of the Jehovah, on whom had it been revealed, yea, he cometh up as a tender plant before him, and as a root out of a dry land. He had no form nor honor. When we observe Jesus, no appearance, no appearance when we, that we desire him. He wasn't looking like anything you desire him to look like. He was mad, brutally ruined. He was despised. I'm reading past tense. He was despised and left of men. A man of what? Pains. And acquainted with what? Sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Can we read 4, please? Let's read it. Come on, let's go. One, two, go. Surely mine. Mm, mine, mine. Put yourself. Let's go. One, two, go. Surely my sickness he had borne, my pains he has carried them. No, let's read it again. Mm, don't, why didn't you read it before coming? Let's go back. Verse 4. Now, let's go. One, two, go. Surely my sicknesses he had borne, my pains he has. Talk to your neighbor and read it to him. Uh, let's go. One, two, go. Let, come on, read it to somebody. Surely my sicknesses he had borne. Read it one more time. Come on, let's go. Quiet. Surely. Let me ask you a question. Who said this? Does God lie? Verse 10. And Jehovah had delighted to bruise him. He had made him sick. If his soul doth make an offering for guilt, he sees seed, he prolonged days, and the pleasure of Jehovah in his hand doth prosper. He said, This God gave God great pleasure to do this so that you and I will be free from sickness. So our response will always be what he says in verse 1 Who had given credence to what we had? Who had believed? our report, so that the arm of the Lord will be re re revealed. Our response is always a faith response. Who has believed this report? That's the way you get it done. Now look at Mark 6, where they didn't believe the report, and they didn't get the healing. Jesus left that part of the country and returned to his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, 
he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, wow, pastor, that sermon was awesome. <laughs> if you've pastored as many years as I've pastored, you've had too many of it. You've had so many, fat some people, somebody ran up, ran up to me, didn't know when he grabbed me and kissed me in the, on the pulpit. I mean, on the stage. He was so blessed, he ran up, grabbed me, mm, pastor. After some days, that thing didn't work. It didn't work. It's emotional. Don't give God emotional response. It's a waste of time. I'm telling you. You know, we Africans were very superstitious. So we like, emo- we like feelings and emotions. It doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know how to help. It doesn't work with God that well. The only thing that works with God is faith. And faith is not feeling. Faith is what you believe. Feeling can come after. But feeling can be the first thing. Feeling can come after. Give God a faith response, not emotion. Not, forget about all those things. It doesn't work. I, I, I see people sometimes, you know, they want God to move, so they are doing everything. In fact, we had a sister in Queen's College, he told us, he said, when we go to church, I, I just fall down because I felt if I fell down, then God will do my miracle. Ask my wife. I said, no, you don't do that. I said, I have to. So once they start, me, I just fall. So they carry me. <laughs> they carry me. I'm not trying to, look, the power of God can make you fall. It does happen. But what I'm trying to say is that don't, don't make it happen yourself. Don't go with this, this, you know, trying to shake yourself and you know, all those kind of things. Hannah did nothing. Did none of those things. And he got a child that was a, a serious prophet in Israel by praying in her heart. And when the, when the pastor told her, he said, let it be to you. Yeah. She simply believed it. She went to no more crying, no more. Active faith by word and action. He believed what that man said. That was it. That was it. So, the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judah, Simon, and his sisters live right among us. You know, Kumu, you taught us this. I got my life to Christ under Kumu in Dipalaf. My wife, and I, she, he was teaching us. He said, he said, my, he said the leader started Said they, I noticed that the blessing of God was being cut off. And I realized that because the familiarity had brought what? Contempt. He said, I didn't want them to lose. So I started putting from me. So it's not pride. I just wanted to help them. He was teaching us that. I didn't understand him. Woo! Didn't understand him. He kept telling us, he said, familiarity will rob you of your blessings. Because the oil will come from the head of what? Aaron. What you don't respect will not bless you. Don't care what you do. Won't bless you. When God chooses leaders, you didn't choose for him. He saw you and chose that person. If you know what is good for you. The Bible says, don't let them do it with grief. Say, when they do it with grief, it's not good what? Ah. What did the Bible say? He said, if they do it with grief, it's not good for, for you. 
who has read it in the Bible? Am I the only one? Nobody else in this church. I'm leaving. What? Can you, can you pull it up for me? He said, don't let them do this in grief. Because if they do that, they say it's not good for you. You, you have blessed you because of. If you pull it up, put it up there, let them read it. I'm shocked you don't know that scripture. So don't let them serve, do this work with grief. Any other person? My wife is a Bible dictionary. Huh? He, he, oh, she knows where it is, I told you. They, her children call her Bible concordance. Where did you say it is, honey? Hebrew 13, 17. Yeah, she knows. That's where I go, my reference. That's why I married her, anyway. Hebrew 13, 17, put it up there. Obey them that have the rule, what? Over, and submit yourself for the watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may not do it with what? They may do it with what? Joy and not with grief for that is not for that is what? Unprofitable for you. That's the Holy Spirit. He says it's unprofitable for you. He, won't, he says you're going to block yourself. So when Kumi was teaching all that, did I understand? So here is Jesus now, the verse 3. They scoffed. Jesus is a carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere, except in his own, you see, familiarity, what it does. It's when I began to pastor, I saw that thing happening. I saw it in my eyes. A prophet is honored everywhere, except in his own hometown among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he, could do, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't heal them. You know, the word couldn't is he didn't have the ability to. Not that he didn't want to. He couldn't. It's English word. Couldn't means he can't. Because of their unbelief. Verse 6, he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed. So Acts 3, 12, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? It's not our power, it's not our holiness. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and the God of our fathers had glorified his son Jesus whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Verse 16, and his name, through faith in his name, have made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, faith, which is by him, have made him this perfect, giving him this perfect soundness in, his, in your presence. So faith in Christ, in the atonement, the receipt you have, friends, your receipt is the blood. You want to know he died? The blood. That's your receipt. God said, life is what? The blood. 
That's your receipt. When you pray the blood, you are saying, this is my receipt. I, he died. He shed his blood. An atonement has been found for me. I must be out of the pit. I'm not going to stay there. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. So this is what the scripture told us, and that's what we're going to do. Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, in my name, in my name, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and what? The world recover is that you are, you are going to be gradually, you're going to, yeah. Again, please, if you, if you are taking medication, please take your medication, follow your doctor's instruction. I don't teach that you don't go to your doctor. Please go. Follow your doctor's instruction. Because if God is working, is he not the doctor that will confirm to you? So why are you avoiding him? If you're avoiding him because you don't believe you are well. If you are well, go to the doctor now. I had a sister who was passing through a lot and then started to share scripture with her. God healed her. And she was going to her doctor. I said, keep going. And then the doctor took her off her medication, everything. The doctor now asked her, I said, how did this thing happen? <laughs> they told her, I said, it's God. Your doctor would know. The doctor should be the right person. The right person to confirm what God what, has done. God said, prove me and see. Try me. Test me. Let them test you. Go, let them do your test. Let them do. If you still have the symptom, keep believing. Keep confessing. Keep, take your medicine. Pray over it and say, Lord, this, this thing is my made do. I'm taking it. I'm trusting you. Because except you build this house, all the buildings rest of them. I'm taking this in, I'm taking it in your name. Let your power be on this medicine. You, have, you are the ultimate healer I have. I don't have any other healer. And God will honor you. Honor your faith. So let's not do this confusing. And when you go to your doctor, you, re, you reduce extra worry on you. Because now your doctor can tell you this is what is wrong. So at least you know what is uh, wrong. You can call it by name. When in your prayer closes, you can call it by name. And say, so, 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 I rebuke in Jesus' name. If you, if you understand, shout hallelujah. Also, go and see your dentist. So when you stay near people here, they will not be... Praise the Lord. I don't recommend not going to your doctor. You should go. The, the only time you won't go is if God specifically instructs you. If God doesn't, go. If God specifically what? Instructs you. But if he doesn't, please go. And even after God instructs you, you should go to your doctor to confirm what God has what? God said, I'm not afraid to be tested. He said, test me, prove me, and see that I'm good. Amen? I, I didn't hear a big amen. Yeah. Amen, yeah. The doctors are doing, God is using them. God is using them, using the nurses. I wish my wife was a nurse. By now, I would have been a, a physician assistant. If you understand what we preach from here, please shout hallelujah. We don't preach confusion. All these things work together. God uses pastors and you to lay hands. God uses doctors too to help you. All of it works together. But at the end of the day, make sure your faith is not on your doctor. Your faith is on who? 
God. Don't go and be boasting. Ah, hey, my daughter is the best. It can be, it can be, it can be the best. But God is the bestest. For without God, you can do nothing. Praise the Lord. So we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So the pastors are here. We're going to lay hands on you. Number two, it says Mark 6, 12. And they went, they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So we're going to anoint you with oil and God will heal you. Then there's prayer. James 5, 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. If you had committed sin, they shall be forgiven. See what sin and sickness does? They say to be forgiven. So when you there's prayer of faith, which means you have to believe after they pray for you, you have to believe that it's, it works. You have to believe if you want oil, whatever, just believe that it's the word of God, it works. You see, we're going to take Holy Communion. I'm done with the sermon. Now, this is Holy Communion. Let me explain to you why we're taking Holy Communion. We're going to take Holy Communion in the evening service, but for this particular purpose is to announce your healing. That's why. You know, God does things on purpose. You know, he told me, he said, the purpose of the Holy Communion, why you should take it, is, let me read it. First Corinthians eleven twenty four. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, said, take it, this is my body, which is broken, what? For you. Do this, do, why? Remember that I was an atonement for you. He, rem- he repeated the remembrance twice. Remembrance of me, 25. After the same manner also, he took, he took the cup. When he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. In what? Remembrance of me. Twice. Twice. An atonement has been found. I died for you. Death has no more claim over you. I bore your sickness. Remember, remember. Re- don't forget. So that's what you do when you take this thing. Then let me show you another thing you do when you take it. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. What does it mean? I went to check other translation. This is New Living Translation. Verse 26, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's what? Which he died in your place. If you're announcing he died in my place, what are you saying? Life is now my portion that says change. He died in my place so that I, I live. I'm justified to health. I'm announcing to the devil, whoever cares, that hey, this man here is justified by God of heaven for life. I am not condemned to death. I am not condemned to sickness. I am justified by the blood of Jesus to life. I am announcing it when I take the Holy Communion. So announce it, declare it, because there's power in announcing. The gospel is, is proclaimed. There's power in announcing. God said, if you do this, it's a mystery of God. But he said, when you do this, you announce it. Announce it to, to all the spiritual forces around you that that's, they died for me. Death can't hold me. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. <laughs> so we're going to take the Holy Communion. Then after that, the pastors will be praying for you. I have, I got oil. Obi has it. Obi is the, it's our high priest. Where is he? <laughs> I've made Obi high priest. Where is he? 
I'm going to sew high priest cloth for him. And put sutan, red sutan for him. Our high priest had disappeared. <laughs> We're going to take a holy communion. Now, uh, they wait for our high priest, Obi, to come. Obi has our oil. Obi, you can keep the oil. On. Give it to Pastor Victor. Okay, fine. Thank you, Obi, so much. No, give it to Pastor Victor. Let Pastor Victor have yeah, Pastor Victor. When you take the Holy Communion, what are you announcing? He's dead. He died for you. If he died for you, what do you have? Life. If you have life, is it not well, wellness? Is it not health? Who gave you that life? Jesus. You are announcing your freedom from the devil too. Because whom the Son shall set free, free indeed. God showed me something amazing. Demons came to my house. I've seen them. They come. They come to my, came to my house one time. Early in the morning. So it's like, you know, it's like you see, you don't have to describe it. They came very giant at my door. So I got up. <laughs> Immediately I got up. I was coming to my door. I saw them. They took off in it like they were terrorized. I haven't seen anything. That will tell you how the child of God is so powerful. Because there's a presence in you. The greater one is very much what? Life in you. When you rise up and you're going there, guess who is there? The Lord Himself. Join to your spirit. You become one life with Him. When you stand there, you're not standing alone. The Lord is in you. The glory of heaven is in you. The kingdom of God is in you. The power of God is in you. God has declared you a winner and overcomer before the battle starts. So why shouldn't they run? running because of you. They are running because of he that is in you. So this is a day of victory. day of men. Wonderful victory. Healing all over the place. If you're excited, shout hallelujah. Oh. 